Welcome to Trash Romance Central. I am your hostess with the most is Becca, no last name. And I am so excited because I have another very, very special guest with me here today. Cool Cat DZ from the very only one Twitter. Um, I am literally so excited that she's here. If you are not familiar with her, we met around SEK time, right? Like, I'm yeah, pretty sure, like, yeah. through. Yeah. But I think we bonded over the fact that we both like trash movies. Um, yeah. And I discovered that she is a phenomenal editor. And I know she'll be like, oh, stop it. But I'm not going yeah, to. Yeah, no, right my face. <laughs> she makes just, like, edits that, like, tug on your heartstrings. They're just so great. If you do not like a couple, she can literally make you like a couple just from the edits. Um, and so I think, yeah, that's that's really when we started like having a relationship yeah. is when I, I started watching yeah. your edits and we realized that Sanditon. we had a Sanditon yeah. was the big thing. Oh my as god, well. <laughs> Yes. Yes. We bonded over Sanditon, which is if you have not watched that show, you really should. If, especially if you are a fan of like Regency era or historical fiction or anything like that. Um but yeah, we bonded after the controversial <laughs> <laughs> Contra- finale <laughs> yeah <laughs> around uh theo james not refer- returning to like the second season and i won't get into that too much because this is not a <laughs> that's a whole other episode <laughs> yes exactly um and so yeah i again i just want to express how excited i am and i appreciate you she's all the way across all uh, across the pond and so of course we were trying to figure out the best time to record and so it's morning for me and it's like uh, late in the afternoon for you. So again, I just I really appreciate it. And I am so so excited to get into <sighs> okay. Yeah, <laughs> um. Persuasion. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. We could not have chosen a more perfect thing. Like it's so funny how we were like, what do we do? Like we've watched so much stuff. Like, what do we choose? And you were like, I really want to do persuasion. And I was like, well, it is coming out in a couple of weeks. Like literally. I <laughs> My brain, because like, and my listeners know this because I do not have like a routine podcast schedule. And so when we were talking about what to cover, I'm like, oh no, that's like too far away. But then I'm like, Rebecca, you only post an episode once a month. And so I was like, Duh. it's actually perfect. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I had a, a bit of a slow moment there, but yeah, I <laughs> made it. Thank you exactly. so, so much for inviting me. Of I'm so course. excited. <laughs> oh, and there's a lot to unpack. And the, oh my God, the Twitter spear are there. Everyone's losing their fucking minds about this adaptation. And we will get into that. Adaptation is a strong word. Yes. Um, <laughs> we will get into that. Uh, full disclaimer, I have like a mini rant prepared, which I think you guys should not expect anything less from me at this point, because I pretty <laughs> much rant every podcast episode. Um, and I won't get into that yet, because I do want to learn more about Kat's trashy uh, romance desires oh, and yes, ready. <laughs> and all of that. Um, and so I know that you know about this portion of the podcast. I remember you when we messaged, you were like, I already have mine written down. And I just thought it was yeah. the cutest thing ever. Um, Got it. <laughs> and so it's like, I probably don't even need to ask you the questions. But just in case we have new listeners, um, I do have a portion of my podcast called the Trash Romance Meter. And that's when I determine... Uh, with my special guests, uh, where they rank on the meter, starting from clean as a whistle to dumpster fire. Um, as we all know, I am the dumpster. I created it. 
Um, and so I'm pretty sure Kat has very similar taste to me because we yeah, have talked about, about stuff yeah, in the past. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, passion flicks, I think that is dumpster fire itself. Shout, so. shout, out, <laughs> shout out to passion flicks. Passion flicks. <laughs> if you don't know about passion flicks and you like romance novels and all that jazz, you should you should just look it up. Um, yeah, with, with a hint of sexy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, some of those are very, very spicy and we love to see it. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, starting off, I want you to tell me your top three romance movies, books. I've started to open this up. I think on the first episode, I just kept it to movies, but I've had so many different people who are book readers, who are just interested in all types of content. So I've opened it up a little bit. So it can be TV, it can be film, it can be movies. um, And I need it to be your top three and not of all time, because that's just impossible <laughs> especially it changes it changes like the winds like and i think between the two of us we've probably watched the most romance movies out of anybody i've ever known like i yeah. think you were i think you're up there with my list i i know people are always like i think rebecca's seen the most rom-coms in the world and i think you may be yeah. right there with me and that, <laughs> in that I, I, I was the girl at school that used to come to because I just had every single DVD rom-com you could possibly get <laughs> so I was the person at the sleepover that came with like 20 DVDs being like what do you fancy <laughs> so yeah I've got I've got everything watched everything it doesn't matter the decades I'm like rom-com I'm signing myself up for it <laughs> no we love we love to see it um yeah. and so yeah I'll, I'll let you go ahead and, and get that that yeah, list <laughs> my, my list so i love series like tv or book series i think it's just because you can really get involved with the characters a lot more so i tend to find with books i love getting dug into book series so obviously bridgerton that was my thing way back before it was even a thing on netflix um i read all the books like on holiday and really regency i love regency like me and um kristen have bonded as well over sort of our love for those regency novels even if they're not like historically accurate we're not really bothered about that Mm -hmm. um and i tend to find as well i really love um period drama series so my first ever toe dip was when i was about like 12 and it was like the foresight saga that i was watching i don't know if you ever heard about that one no um that was my first one. It has Damian Lewis from Homeland in it. That was like my first introduction to him. And it actually has the actress, Amanda Root, who was in Persuasion from 1995 in it as well. And um, that was like my first like, wow, I love period drama moment when I was younger. And then it just kind of escalated from there. North and South has to be my oh, comfort zone. God, like I that love is... If I'm feeling like really uh or it's getting to that like autumn time of year or fall for you guys, it's always like mm, this is period drama, like peak time. And it's always the time that I bring out like North and South. Like I was 14 when I first watched that on the TV and I just fell in love. <laughs> that no, is my so jam good. right there. So, so that's good. my go to sort of favorite. At the moment, I'm obsessed with Miss Scarlet and the Duke. Don't know. Have you I started that, that one? I started that, I think I got about two episodes in and didn't have an opportunity to finish. Um, but it it does seem like my cup of tea. I am not crazy about her character just yet. Um, I think 
I, yeah, I think I need some some more time to to get similar with the it. character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, it's a uh, like a historical fiction show about a woman who um, takes over her father's detective like agency. Um, but at that time, there were no female detectives, so she's like crossing boundaries. And um, there's this, uh, what would you say, like tit for tat with this, like, yeah, yeah, like competing sort of uh male detective who's experienced and has like um not detective investigator or yeah yeah Her childhood friend who's like now the it's always it's always inspector. the childhood friend yeah yeah gotta <laughs> love that 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 sort of tension that builds with the suggestion yeah. that they had a little moment back in their teenage years that you're just like just give us the flashback exactly (laughs) exactly no they have phenomenal chemistry but she kind of gets on my nerves i'll be honest with you and so that's why i haven't (laughs) finished it yet because i don't know like i get why um when female characters are written as headstrong and stubborn they do whatever they want i love that but when they continuously cause problems for other people because of that headstrongness i have a hard time of adjusting to it and so the first couple episodes she just kept like essentially fucking up and it just annoyed me <laughs> to the point where I was like, I'm going to circle back and rewatch this. So, but yeah, if you, <laughs> if you have not seen it, um, seen it, I think it's on, um, in the States, I think you can watch it on Amazon Prime on like the BBC, like, yeah, there's like I think a video it's like PBS app or something. as well. I yeah, think, PBS, from uh, like- Master masterclass yeah, or whatever they call it on alibi in the uk it's currently yeah. airing at the moment they did not pay us i promise yeah. <laughs> this is not paid <laughs> however if you happen to work on that show and would like to pay me then let's yeah. talk um <laughs> uh, yeah, slide in slide I'm in definitely, my DMs. yeah definitely all about like tension and that sort of people that maybe have that rivalry that seems yeah. to be my jam um, yeah you're jumping that to the me. you're jumping to the trope question. I haven't even asked I know, you yet. So but you can, we can see the theme already. Like <laughs> exactly. apart from Gilmore Girls, Gilmore Girls is the other show that season two and three, Jess has my heart and I know like my best friend is just like that is trashy. <laughs> like she was like, All men are trash in the Gilmore Girls, but no, Jess was my favorite. I will stand on that ship till the end of time. <laughs> And that is my go-to as well. If I'm like, oh, I just want something like nice in the background, mm-hmm. then it's usually season two or three Gilmore Girls. And then obviously it's yeah. me and you both with the Hallmark films. Those are just... Oh my God, they're so bad. Christmas, like I'm signing myself up for those repetitions every year of big city girl goes to the small yep. town. <laughs> exactly. And I'm like, she, oh, what will happen next? <laughs> exactly. And the emotional cheating of, because she's always previously engaged to uh, a stuffed shirt who like irons his socks. <laughs> and then she goes and like falls in love with a man who like breeds chickens for a living. Yeah. Yeah. And we're literally, man. <laughs> yeah. And we're literally like clapping for her to, 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 to <laughs> essentially cheat on her fiance. Like we're all sick in the head for watching those movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what can I say? We absolutely love them. So yeah, yeah, as we were kind of, you kind of already hinted at like rivals to lovers being something that you like. And I think if you had, if you watched SCK, there is a possibility that you enjoyed that rival to lover and enemy to lover trope. So yeah. I am never surprised um, when people say that. I think I would be more surprised if I had someone that came on and was like, I actually hate that trope. And I'm like, okay. Um, <laughs> really? <laughs> and so so yeah. in, in addition, 
in addition to that one um do you have a, another one that you really like besides just like rival lovers oh. I am obsessed with there's only one bed. Like, sign me up Ooh, to any, like, that's Turkish DZ. Like, yeah. see, Turkish like DZs love that trope. Like, that's like a sub. That's kind of like a sub trope in a in a way. Like, yeah. Because but I it, love that it. could be a trope inside of another trope. I know. But that specific thing, like, as soon as I have that on, like, Hallmark or a movie, I'm just like, I know it's cheesy. I know it's predictable. But it just makes me kind of do that. <laughs> sort of <laughs> i love it i love it what so was, much what was that again <laughs> Can I- i'm like doing that you know that gif of like i think it's charlotte from princess and the frog where she's like scrunching up the newspapers that's me watching like there's only one bed i'm like yes it's finally here <laughs> so what and the, what is the perfect result of that subtrope because i i've seen movies where nothing happens um, or oh, if you remember, it always has to lead to like like the hand brushing or okay. the sort of ending up with them like pretty much spooning and then yeah, but usually you don't one want, of them waking up and being like, you oh don't God. want full blown. <laughs> like, I mean, do no. you want it to lead to like a home run or do you want it to still have some of that tension? Like, nah, you still want them. To- I, I'm all okay. about the tension. I want that suppressed. Like, I don't like you still, but our bodies <laughs> are like getting as close as possible. Like, yeah. But I still hate you. That's the sort of that's the chef kiss. Yeah. That's, have you that's, seen? Have you seen? Um. Away. Have you seen Leap Year? Because they do. I think yes. they do that one yes. very well. Yes. Of the the tension, they actually do kiss during that in that subject. But yeah, but still... that was like the fake dating sort of yeah. thing where they're pretending that they're together. Exactly. Like another another favorite marriage of another. convenience, fake dating. Like yeah. I know what I'm signing myself up for with the whole. Oh, you think you're fake dating? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be dating by the end of this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so what would you say some of your least favorite ones are? I'm not a fan of over miscommunication. Like, I oh, don't mind God, I hate that it. setup. Like, I can understand, like, a few here or there because that's just normal. We all go through, like, a misunderstanding and then you nip it in the bud. But when it's, like, constantly over and over again, that's when I'm like, well, come on, like, are these people really suited together if they can't even have like a conversation that just puts me off like a couple um cheating I hate as well ooh, yes cheating absolutely to go back to your first one i think uh, ash montic intercom fans are going to come for me so um please don't kill me <laughs> but <laughs> i wanted to pull my entire hair out at that um scenario in the show where he overhears her kind of basically saying yeah. like oh i planned this all along to like seduce him and then break his heart and then she talks about how obviously her feelings are changed and she has genuinely feelings but of course he doesn't hear it and so that kicks off a 20 plus episode <laughs> of them just never getting back together a fucking time jump a kid and i'm like are you serious right now? So um, I don't want to yell. I am already yelling. I <laughs> I swear <laughs> I have my military honor badges from sticking with that show right to the end. Oh I was my like, God. no, I am how staying did- here to find out. <laughs> I don't know how you did it. I literally think I stopped watching that episode. I think I tried to watch the next one. But when she walks, when she like finds out that he's like engaged or whatever, or getting married. And, like, goes into his office and, like, literally starts breaking down, is pushing him. And he just has this look on his face, like a stone. He will not be moved. And I just was like, I want to slap that shit (laughs) right the fuck off. I couldn't do it. I was like, I am 
physically and mentally stressed. And so I think I tried a couple more episodes and then I just dipped and I have not oh, rewatched. No. I have yeah, not. Th- those episodes straight after that, no, you oh, wouldn't have been God. appeased by them at all. But yeah, but I, that, that I absolutely agree with you. Yeah, frustration. Because what does it even, I don't get what people get out of it. It's like, it's just like nails on a chalkboard. Like how much pain and angst do you want to have when it's from miscommunication. I just feel like there's so many other ways to build that yeah, angst tension, that we love, yeah. that tension, without it being over something so fucking dumb as if, oh, yeah. I just didn't hear the rest of her sentence. Yeah, and that but I digress. the other thing as well on that show. <laughs> like, I hated how, like, whenever the woman is, like, abstinent, like, after, like, a breakup or something called, like, a miscommunication, and she's, like oh, I'm not going to, like, let anybody close to me. But the guy, like, becomes, like... Has a whole phase. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, yeah. like, the woman has to remain pure. And I'm, like, no. Exactly. Like, no, that's... Go, and that's what happened with... Go do your um, thing. Yeah. <laughs> Kirillic Ash did a very similar scenario in, in season two um, where he goes off, I think, to, like, Italy and just, like, whores out for, like, a year um yeah. and meanwhile yeah. meanwhile Daphne is like not really with anyone and then as soon as yeah. it looks like she started to date someone he goes fucking yeah, bananas like, yeah like, I don't crazy. like that like yeah you yeah I don't mind second chance romance like I love that as a genre but I hate if it's done in a way that the woman has to me- remain pure and the guy can go do whatever he wants. And then it's almost like backlash if the woman dares to kind of be like, I'm not waiting. <laughs> like, exactly. Like wrong time, wrong place. Yeah. But let them live and then exactly. rejoin at a better time. So yeah, that that's something that I hate. And I also hate so much, especially in books when it's like women versus women because everybody wants him. Oh like when it's like, I don't know there's just books that I've read where it just seems like every single female character in it bar the main one is like there to be a problem I suppose Ed that's Jeezy's as well Ed <laughs> Sayre literally yeah. I was like I was like Ed Sayre must be the hottest pe- hottest people in fucking of, of instant Istanbul because literally every other episode there was like even if it wasn't actually like a real threat but there was just always like another person who was obsessed with either one of them yeah and i'm just like, like that's not real life like- <laughs> <laughs> i'm like don't get me wrong like honker are very beautiful people but like is there no one else like in that in that place for them to like i'm just like it's crazy so no i i absolutely agree with that i i'm not a huge fan of um i don't mind love triangles but i i hate them even more when one of the people aren't even like significant when it's just like yeah, someone who's just like not obsessed. even a love triangle yeah yeah because that's not really a, i guess yeah i guess it's not really a love triangle on that point i kind of consider it to be one but i guess it really isn't um but yeah i, I hate when it's like they just the, the obsessed trope or like it's, it's not really funny to me i know that turkish Deezy specifically used that as a humor relief but when it's a when it's a woman it just makes me uncomfortable because i'm just like why is she so insecure and so i don't know yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) i agree with that on that front yeah exactly um okay so i think we we've gone through all of the the fun trope talk are we are we ready to (laughs) 
I don't know why I'm like kind of nervous. Um, <laughs> it's because we're about to like pop that balloon. I know. Like. Oh god, I feel like I'm in this like safe non Jane Austen fan bubble right now, and it's yeah, just we're go. about to broach this big elephant in the room. <laughs> um, to be clear, we both we both are Jane Austen fans, and so yeah. um, if we if we speak directly to the fandom, we're doing this with with love and and respect and we understand where everybody's coming from um and so yeah let's just <laughs> let's just get, let's just get into it so i'm going to provide like i don't know i'm going to provide like a little bit of backstory just of how i got introduced into regency era uh films and movies and kind of the connection i have to maybe explain like my ideology around like the controversy in the on the adaptation when i was growing up my mom was a huge huge fan of that she introduced me into regency era we probably rewatched sense and sensibility until we were both blue in the face and so i was always a fan of it but still as an, you know, a young african-american woman it wasn't necessarily something that i could you know connect to and the vernacular at times was very hard to understand i remember we used to watch sense and sensibility with um subtitles on because the very strong accents language of the time that was used and so i remember that i didn't truly understand everything about sense and sensibility until i rewatched it when i was older and so when i saw the trailer for the new adaptation I immediately cringed, like everybody else. <laughs> um, the fact that they were using words like exes and, exes. and uh, <laughs> just like the style of it, um, I did cringe. I did. Like as a Jane Austen fan, I was like, she would be rolling in her grave. But then I took a step back and was like, you know what? Twelve or thirteen year old me would have really appreciated this. Like if I was not familiar with the source material. And again, was not exposed to Regency era. And I know that um, there's a specific type of person that you imagine enjoying this content. You do not imagine, you know, diverse people or people who can't resonate with it to enjoy it. And so I think that's why shows like Bridgerton are so groundbreaking because we are getting younger people. We're getting diverse people. We're getting men that are enjoying, you know, the same content that yeah, we 100%. that we have loved for the past, you know, several years. And so I think that's why when I watched the movie, that anger and kind of visceral reaction that we all had <laughs> from the trailer subsided a little bit because I was just kind of thinking about what would have 12, 13-year-old Becca loved. And I think she would really have appreciated this kind of spark notes version of the story and yes we'll get into the fact that the characters themselves aren't necessarily the same that we read that is that are on the books and that are in older adaptations that is very true a lot of people have been giving me that argument on twitter and it is very true but again i think it goes back to show that they were trying to make this very digestible because i believe that Anne is a strong woman on the inside i believe that she does have these inclinations and these thoughts, but she never feels comfortable enough because of the time to just openly share them. And of course, because of decorum, she would never pee outside. <laughs> she would never blurt out that she uh, used to- <laughs> Was proposed that she, to by that a she was, Exactly. <laughs> she would never do any of these things. And we understand that. Like, it was absolutely ridiculous. But I do think, again, it was to show that she had this personality all along and that- they took it to a, a 12 and I don't necessarily, you know, and More you like may have 25 to me. Yes. But. <laughs> yes. 
and I was restrained. <laughs> exactly. And I'm, you know, it was, it was a different way to tell a story. It was an interesting way to tell a story. I do agree with people on the fact that this is not really an adaptation. I think the marketing, the problem, I, the problem here is I think it's the issues with the marketing. I remember when we saw the photos, I think me and you literally started messaging each other immediately yeah. and this was like I was almost so excited this was like, like a year ago yeah this was a year ago and so because of the the style of dress and because of the on-site location we all just thought that this was going to be a true adaptation that they were going to you know stick with the vernacular they were going to stick yeah. with the storyline because of what we were fed in the beginning and that's why i kind of do have an issue with even being exposed to early on filming through social media, like a good example is this fucking Barbie movie that's not coming out until 2023. <laughs> but we've but seen I, the movie. <laughs> exactly. And so I really think there should have been some mystery kept behind it. And so that's kind of my first my first thing about it. And then when the trailer came out, I just I don't think they pushed that. I keep calling it a modern a modern day retelling is what I is what I'm calling it. And I think if they would have said inspired by, like, I think it's all about how you market something. I think it was the fact that it was marketed as just Jane Austen's persuasion. And so then the trailer dropped. And we're like, exactly. Is it, is it really? (laughs) Exactly. And it's like the, the way that Clueless was able to do what it did, the way that 10 Things I Hate About You was able to do what it, it did because it was so obviously, painstakingly obviously, that this was not supposed to be like the actual story that this was supposed to be loosely inspired by this was supposed to be um i don't know a reiteration like they could have used any just any word before <laughs> before Listen, the title they should have just looked they should have just looked to hallmark like when they do their like like off the top of my head like unleashing mr darcy exactly like, exactly it's clearly, it's clearly pride and prejudice but not at the same exactly. time like no i i I completely agree with that. And I think that would have probably helped on some of the backlash. And I I understand the backlash. But again, I, you know, we talked about this, you know, offline. I got 10 minutes in and I was like, this is not for us. It's not. It's really not. Like, and I think it should have been marketed better because I started watching the movie and I was like, this is not for Jane Austen fans. This is not for, for people that are currently um immersed in her works like this is this is for a different audience and then once I sat with that I actually enjoyed it quite more because I just accepted the fact that this was not this wasn't going to be the persuasion that I grew up reading or watching this was going to be something that was going to be for a Gen Xer who maybe um, never got a chance to read the source material. It's not even required in high school anymore. When I grew up, it was I was required to read it in AP English. And I don't think you have to anymore. So, it's, yeah. you know. Yeah, like Jane Austen for me, like at school, for instance, I did a whole massive, like, um, big project. Like, basically in English, you can choose something that you want to analyze. And I chose all of Jane Austen books. And what I focused on was all the female heroines in Austen seem to always choose a man that is opposite to their father and their father's characteristics. So I really went like deep diving into like all of the Jane Austen books. So that was when I was like 17. I went really hardcore into Jane Austen. And that was also around about the time when um, our channel did the 
um, ITV did Austin season, and that was when Persuasion, Northanger mm-hmm. Abbey, and Mansfield Park came out, as well as Sense Sensibility came out like the following year. So it was oh, like and really, I love really that. intense. I love that time. many. I love that many series. Yeah, that Becoming Jane. Fantastic. Yeah, Becoming Jane came out around about the same time as well. So I'm guessing it must have been like an anniversary time that I've completely mm-hmm. missed. But like I was heavy involved. So this for me, I definitely had to switch off. Like you said, I had to switch off that part of my brain that I was like I'm watching Persuasion otherwise I would have just been like oh god <laughs> exactly and I and no and I know that's not fair I know and I know like I um I don't remember her name but I know that I had tweeted something and she kind of mentioned back and she was like but this is not Jane Austen's story like Jane Austen wrote a very specific story and she had these elements and so it's not fair to call it Jane Austen and I do agree. I do agree. But I also do think that it is fair to have different variations. And again, I just go back to how it was marketed. Um, I but I do think that they knew that they they still want the fan base. It may not be written for us, but they still want it. it (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And so your team didn't really work out, I think. (laughs) No, it did not. It did not. And that's why I really think they shouldn't have, they should have just made it clear. Like I, I as a director or a writer would have came out very early on and said like, this is going to be different. This is, you know, this is um, kind of a love letter to her, but not necessarily a reiteration. Like there, there were ways that they could have, you know, um, prepared us (laughs) Yeah, I felt I felt like this was more of a love letter to like Fleabag and Bridget Jones. Oh more my than god, it else. was so it was so heavily, and I that's why I thought it, I truly thought this movie was so funny. I cracked up, and so again, I don't know. Like I think it was the fact that that because it Jane Austen's persuasion, I think that's people really can't get over that because it doesn't feel true to what the book was. I will say certain parts were more true to the novel than the the two uh, the 2007 version of persuasion was because that version actually changed a lot of the story timeline like with the letter um and her making comments yeah. about like relationships she makes that like earlier so they changed they changed the timeline of the yeah but they the all yeah they they all have their little tweaks and things like it's just for me i probably won't watch it again Okay. As in, it, it was enough of a dose that I accept that everybody has their vision and it was beautiful. Like the cinematography oh, was, it was lovely. Gorgeous. Like, yeah, it, was it was really very gorgeous. Pretty. But for me, I think Persuasion is just one of my favorite Austins it because is. it's just so yeah. mature. And I loved like how melancholy and she's just yeah. longing so much. And it's yeah. like, but, there's just tension throughout it, which yeah. is obviously, again, back to my favorite trope. But it does um, have comedic elements, though. And I think this version really, again, leaned into that. Leaned into that because I, one of my favorite things about Persuasion is that it is very witty and underhandedly funny. Anne is actually very, very hilarious to me, even in the novel. Like she's very witty. Um, even how she like like the undertones of kind of how like we all know her family is absolutely freaking ridiculous. Um, especially her sister Mary. Jesus fucking Christ. This Mary might be the most annoying one for me, by the way. <laughs> um, also she was quite young. I was like, is she old enough to be married? She's like fourteen. <laughs> like, oh my god. She? Yeah. she was quite young. 
And so they really, really leaned into it. And so I think that's why a part of me did enjoy it. Like I said, I did laugh a couple times and I was like, okay, you know what? This is actually a bit nice in that regard of the past persuasions don't lean into the, the comedic side at all. And the comedic side would be a nice relief because there are depressing moments. Like she cries a lot, um, <laughs> especially in the 2007 version. She's like always breathing heavily and looking at the camera. And I can say that because that is my favorite. <laughs> that is my favorite persuasion. I probably watch that like maybe multiple times a year. And so it was kind of nice to just be like, haha, you know. See, like, yeah, so I don't like know. Like the 1995 version. I'm not a, a fan. A lot of people who haven't, yeah, a lot of people who haven't fan. read the books weren't, like, I think for a lot of people that is their favorite. Um, but for me, I probably lean to more, towards the more 2007 one. But, like, it was a lot more silence from Anne in the 1995 adaption that I could understand yeah. confused people that had no idea about persuasion. Whereas if you're a book reader, you know exactly that inner thought that she's dealing with and whatnot. 2007, exactly. I think they did it quite well because she did break the fourth wall by looking yes, at the camera. Did. And you had, like, the diary entries to kind of navigate sort of what was happening. So that she kind really of, felt. Yeah. Yeah. I felt that that worked better. But honestly, it got to the point in this that I just wanted her to shut up with those monologues. <laughs> I like, saw so I many just, people say that. <laughs> honestly, it just felt so self-indulgent that yeah. I was just like, shut up, shut up, shut up. Like, I just wanted <laughs> silence. Like, I felt like you don't need to feed me exactly what you're thinking. We can yeah. see it from your face. Like, that's acting. Like, no, I know. Um, I, it was so exposition heavy that I just kept going back to like, is this has to be for someone who just doesn't know anything about persuasion. That's why I just, I think that's why I kept trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. Because I'm like, if you are shoving this much exposition down our throats, you have to have this to be for a target audience that you really just want to, like, get into Regency era. Because, like, Bridgerton is very digestible. Like, Bridgerton is easy if you've never watched Regency era before. You can just sit down and watch it without having to feel like you need to understand the, the, um, the signs of the times or how how the community worked or how things worked back then you can kind of just jump in you don't have to worry about like world building or having context and so I think that's why I just keep trying to give them the benefit of the doubt because I'm like it has to be for someone who just <laughs> truly does is not aware because well, it or someone was who's scary. not even watching and maybe is on their phone so that they can hear what she's saying rather than having maybe. to watch yeah it, it really did seem like it was for um yeah I don't yeah it, it it just was so obvious that it it wasn't it wasn't for me and so I think that's why I tried to I tried to enjoy it a little bit more but I do agree there was there was a lot of exposition there were there were several monologues um I think I think the one I can't remember which one I, I actually almost like yelled out at and I was like okay this is actually ridiculous. No, I think it was when she started to squat to go to the bathroom. I was like, okay, guys. Um, <laughs> and I laughed. I was like, I was dying. I was like cackling. I was like, you guys cannot be fucking serious right now. Like, of course, they would never, like, she would never do something like that. Yeah. But again, we would never have a black um, Lady Russell, you know? And so I'm like, if if they're going to push, I love, I loved the colorblind casting. I loved the fact 
that these characters were just characters and the fact that lady russell just so happened to be african-american had nothing to do with the storyline because they were just treating her as a character and so if i'm going to accept that then i think my brain was also just like okay i'm going to accept everything else because again they clearly are just going in a completely different direction with this does that does that make sense yeah yeah but that was like the thing that made me so excited before like the trailer like just having such an awesome cast because there's so many people in that cast that I'm like oh I love them yeah they're fantastic yeah and so I I think it was the expectation of having this really sort of good tension because in the other two um, persuasions they obviously concentrate on like the gloominess and the weather is classic British weather with it raining pretty much majority of the time whereas this was a lot more like picturesque with bright bold colors Mm. and yeah it definitely was so opposite in that vibe but, yeah, like the casting. I can't. I can't complain about the casting. I really enjoyed like the casting. I, in all honesty, I loved how they pushed in because we all we always know that Walter Elliott is a um is a douchebag, um <laughs> and so I like how they they really really kind of like increase that fact. Um, yeah, and so and the, with the very one dimensional. Oh, very one. Di- yeah, <laughs> very one dimensional. Um, and then. Why am I not remembering his name right now? But Henry Golding's character has always been very swarmy to me. And I do think that the past couple of adaptations have have had slight swarm, but they still made him out to be kind of like a, you know, quote unquote, eligible bachelor. And I do like in this one, Henry Golding is just a complete piece of shit. And like, <laughs> I don't know, it was it was kind of nice because I was just like, again, it was just like this peeling back the peeling back the the subtleness of the characters and just being like okay these are who they actually are or these are just like these are their extremities um i thought it was really funny and i also thought i he, think I he, he, he stole the show he he, he stole did, the show for me he did like, a fantastic I job he singed as soon as he was on like yeah the screen, he did a, like he did a fantastic he had the job. best dialogue and, and facial I loved, expressions i loved the banter i think i think him and uh dakota have uh Really, really they had good really chemistry. good chemistry. Yeah, yeah I, I was sold. I was sold yeah. that they could have made it. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> until he starts making out with uh, uh that, that <laughs> was when I burst out laughing at the end. Like that was just so unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. I was just um, like, oh. <laughs> so, but yeah, where do you rate? Where do you rate this? This Wentworth because I'm. I'm going back and forth. I think a part of me, a part of me, kind of enjoyed their dialogue, even though I I know that that was not remotely a thing. Um, a part of me enjoyed their dialogue, but another part of me did miss miss that tension. Um, and yeah, I miss I th- the tension and the constriction. Like that's what I love. Like period drama and stuff. It's all about like that's why everybody always remembers in the film Pride and Prejudice the hand touch and stuff because exactly. it's so Pensive. sort of like explosive because mm-hmm. you can't you're so restricted to decorum and not having these like moments alone. And I felt like the build up that persuasion is anyway them having these like stolen moments kind of takes away from that. Yeah. yeah that big finale because you they weren't, had these moments you weren't rooting for them as much because they, there seemed to be less at stake yeah, yeah yeah because they've had these like little moments where they're like let's be friends yeah and, oh now we're worse <laughs> we're worse than exes we're friends we're friends 
um but yeah as just as a wentworth in in general where where do you find him i i think i i had some issue with the costume actually on this okay like he's supposed to be rich why is he dressed like a farmer (laughs) like that's my issue i was like he's supposed to be this like big captain like are they trying to show that he's like a lesser yeah the elliots like leaning into that a bit more but i I was like i took it as leaning (laughs) i took it as leaning into his humbleness because she even kind of they really stretch on that one in, in this adaptation i think in the past like obviously he did not come from money and so it's obvious and the way he perceives himself that he mm-hmm. he is new money yeah yeah and so he, i think he's... maybe they tried to show that in, in the way he dresses of like oh yeah, yeah i can afford it but i i don't care about such frivolous things um so i'm gonna dress like a farmer so i think that's kind of how i <laughs> how i took it but, but i think he was no good like i think you could read on him without him having to say it he does he was brooding pining. he does like, brooding you could face. see it from when she had that stupid jam tash on her face <laughs> when he was like staring at her like longingly like so he did sort of show despite the outrageous sometimes like context like the dinner scene as well where she's like a drunk <laughs> like she was definitely like Anne was giving me sort of divorced mum no, wine totally. drunk a lot totally. through this film like just blabbering a part, nonsense <laughs> a part of me just really yeah a part of me really wishes it was just like a it felt sat- satirical to me like it really did feel like satire and again that's why I just wish they would have marketed it differently because I really thought it was funny I just I thought I thought that scene was hilarious especially when she um when she uh, my toes like, were curling I'm, man yeah my toes were like, just like I'm shut up <laughs> she's like i'm captain wentworth um and so yeah he does brooding quite i think he does brooding quite well there yeah, were and i like the reunion scene i felt like like when he kind of nuzzled into her like neck like i really like that yeah. image and i think i put oh that yeah on no Twitter i as yeah well, you saying tweeted, that i love you this about like, that. you tweeted yeah. about that yeah um there were at times where he looked like he was a bit constipated. Um, <laughs> or as my partner said, is he stoned? <laughs> yeah, there, there were times where I was like, is he going to be okay? And I think he was just trying to, uh, trying to show some more of the, of the just like restraint that Wentworth actually does have towards towards just not wanting to go over and essentially kiss her face off i want to know how she didn't see him coming on that beach and how he was like hi and she was like oh (laughs) like yes it's a beach but surely you hear somebody approaching you (laughs) and then he's all awkward like oh (laughs) um i can't remember what i was about to say oh since we're talking about like modern adaptations did you see Emma? The yes. 2020. Okay. I, the 2019 one. Is it 2019 or 2020? I think it was. It was 2020. It okay. was 2020 because I actually went to, I went to see it at the cinema in yeah. February and then so, basically COVID happened. So I was like, oh. Yeah. So what, from your perspective, why do you think that worked? Because it's Emma. Because Emma is just. Like, let's be honest, she's not really a likable character, so you could be really outrageous with it because she is outrageous as a person. 
So you can be quirky, you can kind of lean into that a lot more. Whereas I know like there's some people that hate persuasion because they feel like Anne's just like a wet drip, just like people yeah. hate oh. Mansfield because they feel like Fanny's just a wet really sort of yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure do, doesn't Hanny hate persuasion? In yes, general? she does. Yeah. And she, I literally, I literally told her I was like, you're gonna love this adaptation because she hates how meek uh Anne is and how um <laughs> i mean I, I i think that's why like like to go back to what you said the 07 version had a good balance of showing her inner thoughts well without changing who she was as a character and the 95 yeah. version and the 95 version i was just like say something like she just <laughs> oh my god she just looked stressed the entire time like th- like the actress's face was just like angry birds like her eyebrows were just divvied in the entire film and i was like okay i get it like but do something like <laughs> like yeah. even, even like she was just stressing me out like even at the end where they um i don't even know if i would call it like a reunion of sorts because they just kind of like hold hands and walk outside she still just looks like conflicted and i'm like girl like be at peace like calm down <laughs> um you are giving me a heart attack and so i think I think that's why the 07 version was a good balance. And again, this one was just like, okay, Anne is just fucking over it. Like, this is if, if Anne yeah, when, had to... When he- yeah, when Mr. Elliot calls her a lovely creature or whatever, and she's like, no, not creature. Don't call me creature. <laughs> <laughs> and a part of me was just like, you know what? Fuck yeah, Anne. Like, yeah. let's fucking go. Like, <laughs> like I'm yes. a woman. <laughs> like, I know it's not true to the adaptation, but a part of me really, every time I read Persuasion or listen to the audiobook a part of me was just like tell your family to fuck off like come on (laughs) like tell your family like they can go eat shit and so I think that's why when I was watching this one it was just kind of like those fantasies coming to life because I'm like her family fucking sucks um but I think they did Lady Russell nice like I felt like I empathized with Lady Russell a lot better in this adaptation like they humanized her a lot more than just this like woman that just says no all the time and I do think I like I think I liked the depiction of their because they are supposed to be friends but also she's her mentor and the Mm -hmm. past couple of adaptations have really just pushed strong on that mentor mentee relationship and also it does make it seem like Anne does not have agency um you know even in the 2007 version i can't stand lady russell in the 2007 version i want to kick her yeah. in the fucking face um even in the 2007 version she still kind of coddles Anne, and i know that's how it was in the novel but it was nice to see them actually kind of have a friendship and her kind of recognize her as an adult at points i'm like because Anne is 27 like she's not she's not a teenage girl and, and um, that's why lady russell tells her about her sex tourism around you oh my god okay <laughs> let's get into this you had you had said something about this okay again again at the time if you were a widow and there were no uh, magic wands i'm assuming back then you gotta get in where you fit in and so <laughs> i don't necessarily not see uh, women of the time discreetly going on trips. I even know I've heard of widows hiring male servants for extra cleaning <laughs> benefits um, <laughs> because at that time, obviously a woman could not just go out and get like a male escort to, to provide yeah. her with needs. And so that when she said that, I was like, okay, that's absolutely ridiculous. But then I kind of, I kind of laughed because I was like, you know what? 
during that time, I don't see that not happening. But also, Lady R- Russell was so reserved that that was very out of character for her. But yeah, the entire and film ends being in church at that wedding, and she's got a little pamphlet for her next European. Trip oh my god, away. I missed that. <laughs> I, I didn't... just burst out laughing. How did I miss that? <laughs> You'll have to go back now. Yeah, right at the end. I don't even know if it's a Bible that like, she's got half open with a little pamphlet for like, uh, it's basically a ship saying Europe, like tours and stuff like that. Oh my that. God, that is hilarious. That <laughs> she's is so planning, funny. ladies, her next trip away. <laughs> I love that so much. That's hilarious. Um, So to go back to what you were saying about Emma, um, <laughs> how she's an unlikable character honestly i don't know a lot of people that like emma either so that's that's um i can't remember who i was talking to but i think emma was someone's least favorite and i've yeah, heard like, that but that's the whole point like <laughs> yeah she's supposed to be kind of bratty and, and that's why clueless is amazing as well like because really yeah. like the vanity of it you're just like this is ridiculous but it's hilarious yeah like. no absolutely it's it's so emma she's just kind of wrapped up yeah. in her own world and yeah. I have to say, I love the 2020 version of that. Like, I, I did un- like the series version, um, and I did like the Gwyneth Paltrow version. But for yeah. me, I actually prefer the 2020. Like, okay. I just loved everything about it. I liked it. it. Um, I wasn't necessarily crazy about it. But again, I think it's just because I'm not the hugest fan of Emma. And I also don't really like, I don't know what you call that trope, but I don't really like oh, the fact kind that of siblings, he- but not siblings. <laughs> Not even that, yes, that, but also in, in in relationship. Like he kind of dads her the entire time. Yeah, and then like we're he's supposed to yeah. yeah, like he basically like reprimands her and like not in a hot, spicy way either. It's like he like <laughs> <laughs> like puts her in timeout and then like they're at the at the end. So for me by the end I'm like, I'm not really shipping this. I, I this is not this is not really doing it for me because that's her stepfather. But yeah, I, I think it just goes to show that modern adaptations can be done well, but the, the characters just need to stay like true to heart. They need to stay recognizable. Which which makes perfect sense. But yeah, uh, I, f- I found like they got Anne to explain so much all the time in this that yeah. it's just like I, I couldn't get lost in it because it was just constantly her like even like added scenes between her and Louise uh, talking about sort of oh what do you think of like Wentworth and then yeah. Louise are saying about how she likes him and stuff like that honestly yeah but, like I, t- I messaged you the other day about the whole like that bit about the utensils like tell him you've never used utensils before like I was like <laughs> was this crew watching like Little Mermaid and her dingle hopper like using the fork for her hair or something as they were writing this scene because seriously like I was just like and then they had the scene next with her at the dinner being like ooh Ooh, a fork how do i do this <laughs> oh my god yeah i i did like expect i like i like this louisa a little bit more because they, they tried to make her more of a friend more more than... of a friend more well-rounded less just like annoying teenager which was her, her character was that though like that's what the purpose of her character was supposed to be i will say the the jumping scene the the one in the 2007 version literally pisses me off because it's just like Okay, you stupid bitch. Um, why would you? <laughs> I'm sorry. Like they're literally like Louisa, no, and she's like, I'm sorry, I shall, I must do this, and it's like, why? But why do you need to do this? But like, why? Um, and so in this version, I think they tried to tone down on her silliness 
And so the jumping scene didn't make as much sense because it kind of felt like it came out of left field because she was so she was so mature like in this version so that yeah. when the when it got to that yeah. scene I I didn't it didn't make as much sense in the transition because I was like, I don't think this character would do something this stupid. <laughs> yeah, because I wonder if it's because like they didn't really lean into like in the other adaptations they have like Wentworth having that little rant about not wanting a woman who's easily persuaded and like yeah. that, that and big she's massive like, awkward rant where I'm I just like sitting kill there. me now. <laughs> no, and that's oh my god, that's one of my favorite scenes in the 07 version when they're at the dinner table. And he's like, I could not, he's like, I could not, oh, I can't remember the exact words. Um, and you can just see like the pain in her face. Like she, she just wants to go sob in a corner. And yeah. my angsty heart loves it. Cause I'm just like, he's being so fucking rude right now. But like, <laughs> oh, that, I did miss that angst. I did miss that, that feeling of just like, you could hear a pin drop. That was yeah, missing. Yeah, cause only they knew, cause only they knew that they were angling like these things to each other. Towards, whereas, yes, exactly. Yeah, cause in the other things and the book, it's about how everybody assumes that they're just like small acquaintances, apart from obviously like Lady Russell and stuff. Uh, Lady Russell's the only one that knows that he was obviously in love with her. Everybody else just thinks that they vaguely know each other. Whereas in yeah. this version, they do the whole thing of like, oh, I know that there's more to this. And But I like the fact that nobody knew about this yeah. whole little world that was happening between them. And yeah, then in this exactly. one, it was a Lu- bit no, more... It was a more on the nose. Like Louisa even says to Anne, like, I... I I wouldn't imagine that there's like still feelings there and Anne's like, oh no, it's, it's fine. It's yeah. the past, it's the past. And so I think what they were trying to do is again push that like of, oh, clearly she's lying, it's not in the past. And so we were supposed to get the the tension from that, I think. But it it just like it just wasn't super successful. Um what did you like? Because I don't wanna <laughs> I don't bashing, I, yeah. yeah I don't I do want to be a little fair um I don't want to have we're almost at the hour mark and I feel like we haven't said anything uh, good so like I did enjoy like the cinematography of it like I felt like the beach scene was like beautiful with like the haze and the colors that was my fa- and- that was probably one of my favorite scenes is when they when they were like talking along the beach yeah I think that was it's like a favorites. nice like lilac-y misty sort of like thing going on um I thought like the settings were really nice um how they did things and I did actually quite like the reunion scene as well at the end Mm -hmm. um they did change the letter because obviously at that time he still thought that she was going to be marrying um Mr. Elliot and whatnot yeah um, it was weird that they made the decision to they made they kept it because I remember in the 2007 version they mixed all that up and so when they're when she's having the conversation about uh men forget forgetting women easier and the novel of course that's how Wentworth he overhears it and then he writes the letter and he's like how how could you think this how could you not see this and so it was a little confusing that they decided to keep that in this current adaptation. Like they didn't change the fact that he overhears it and writes the letter, Mm -hmm. but for some reason they, I guess they thought that Anne having this realization that he's not the one marrying Louisa until the very last minute was going to maybe, maybe get that natural rom-com woo reaction out of us of like, Oh my God. Like, you know, she finally finds out and it, it didn't work. Wow. Yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah. I think they should have just had her find out. Because like, I like it. Yeah, I like it how we know that Wentworth, when he arrives in Bath, is because he is there for Anne. Exactly. And exactly. that tension of, like, you knowing that he is there for her and yeah. she's obviously getting flustered with like mr elliot sticking to her like tape exactly and because because at that point in time like and and knows um louisa is marrying he's not engaged musgrove exactly yeah oh my god i'm gonna have to rewatch the 2007 version after this when they are in bath and they are in the shop and like it's just like you feel it like you're just like you can feel how giddy Anne is without her even having to look at the camera (laughs) you know and have a monologue (laughs) um you can feel how giddy she is and how she literally looks like she's about to burst at the seams with love because she realizes that he's free and at this moment in time he thinks that she's also free and so you can tell that he came to Bath just to see her but then fucker mcfuck face gets, walks yeah, in with, a, with, a, yeah. with an umbrella because he's like it's raining outside um yeah. and you're just like get the fuck away from her uh, <laughs> and so yeah i i want to say yeah. that was that was probably the one main thing there were a lot of things but i think up until that point i was okay with the things that they had changed because again it was for audience sake i don't understand why that was changed that seemed like that that could have remained true to the books without yeah, taking away because i found the- like she was gloating in this one like and so, i like, hated I it i didn't like it and, yeah, yeah like, i didn't like that it was and, and yeah that's just a bit ugh, yeah for me. i will say yeah. he does anguish really great because yeah. he looks so disgusted and you can kind of see the hurt and pain i think he actually tears up right like when or am i making they're in the up? music hall and stuff. yeah when they're in the music yeah hall, when he, he sees looks, her, like yeah him yeah, touching he her him, and then yeah. leaning in yeah and i think that's why they did that they wanted that that like reaction from him and the reaction was done quite well because my heart broke for him i was just like oh like he he really thinks that like she's marrying someone else but i did i didn't like her like taunting of like oh i'm so happy i'm like and girl yeah (laughs) like you love this man like why are you even doing this to yourself like you are literally so thirsty for him like just calm down yeah was there anything that you really really like yeah i was like (laughs) i i don't know i feel like i've been over overly kind of positive on my take like i said i think i liked i liked the comedic aspect of it i liked the fact that they took away the animosity and some of the woman relationships because that's always something in regency era that i do I'm not a huge fan of like the the reason why Pride and Prejudice is probably one of my favorites because of the sisters relationships mm-hmm. is that it's yes it's about um Darcy and yes it's about Mr. Bingley but it also is about how uh Elizabeth and Jane have this very strong relationship with one another and they don't allow men or anything to change that and so that was one aspect of persuasion I wasn't always a huge fan because it kind of seemed like Anne had to compete with one of her younger cousins um for the <laughs> for the heart yeah. of the man she loved even if it was you know misunderstanding and and that's not what the intentions were i still didn't like her having to be pit against upon the more younger and uh newer and vibrant yeah. yeah 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 and you know and so i think that was something i actually did really enjoy is that they kind of took the cloak off louisa and made her more of a person and less of just just this caricature of this funny uh innocent bright girl who's ready to be picked and and peppered for a man and also uh even just that really because in the story 
I feel like Louisa is essentially settling. Like they never say it. Even um, Anne and Wentworth even kind of say, how is their relationship going to work? Because he like reads prose <laughs> and <laughs> and reads like really dark poetry and Louisa's just like, like giggling and shit. And so I do like that even like, I don't know if you saw at the end, there was a, when she's doing like her, another monologue, another voiceover, they kind yeah. of pan, they kind of pan over the two of them. And this was the first time that I was just like, wow, they actually look like they are in love. Like they actually looked like a believable couple. And it wasn't just, it wasn't a plot device just to make sure that Anne and Captain Wentworth got together. To get together, yeah. It was, it was actually the fact that they, that they chose each other and the fact that he was there for her when she, when she was going through her injury. And so I did like that a lot. That was something that I enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to think if there was, if was anything else. I think the family was quite done well. Her family was very, I don't know, like there was nothing that stood out to me that any of the characters didn't seem like how they were in the books. Like the dad, like we already went over the dad, but the dad seemed even more uh, shallow <laughs> than he yeah. has been in past adaptations. The sister was on the nose. Like she's always kind of rude and... Um, like self-centered and so that was on the nose for me so i think they got the family characters a, a lot more correct than they did with the central characters which was interesting yeah i think like to somebody who didn't really know persuasion though like you would mm -hmm. definitely be confused about like the mrs clay situation because oh yeah yeah like it, it does make it then seem like a like well did he actually like Anne but then he seems really enthralled with Mrs. Clay at the end yeah. and then obviously in the books they don't actually have Mrs. Clay and Mr. Elliot marry although it hints it's, that Mrs. Clay would want that because she she's a it, mistress exactly yeah. it hints that she would probably be a mistress at some point but it never uh, they don't make out of course I mean no one makes out but <laughs> um, it's not <laughs> in as... the street of all places <laughs> It's not, yeah, it's not as, it's not as thrown as in your face. And that's why I was like, this, it just is, it, it was satirical. It had to be like, it, I don't think this was meant to be seriously. I, yeah. I would be very like, surprised. I did laugh, but I think when I was laughing, it's because I was more thinking how not persuasion it is. And that's yeah. what was causing me to laugh yeah. more than anything else. Because I was just like, yeah, she, she, she's pissing up against a tree. Exactly. <laughs> like, no, that's why I was like, I just, I don't know. Like it should have been like. Jane Austen's, or just like persuasion, persuasion of fun or funny. I don't know. Like it should have yeah, just they had something in the title. Yeah, see if they didn't have everybody as like. So Anne wasn't Anne Elliot. They called her like something completely different. Everybody had different character names. Yeah. I reckon we probably all would have been like no, oh, yeah, because it really like, would have just been a a, a funny spin. Yeah, and everyone yeah. would have been like, "Oh, it's quite yeah. like persuasion. Oh, it was funny, exactly. but because like a funny it's persuasion, a yeah, yeah, a funny spin on a classic. Like they could have did something like that, and I think it would have been enjoyable. And that's what I'm treating it as, and I think that's why I enjoyed it a lot more than than most fans did because I'm just like, this is obviously not persuasion. <laughs> and Do you think you would rewatch it though? Do you think you'll come back to watch yeah, it again? I mean, why not? I'm not. It's not going to be. I'm definitely not going to rewatch it like how I watched the 2007 version. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't see why not. Like it's, it wasn't like painful. <laughs> when once, once I, yeah, once I accepted that it wasn't, it wasn't for me and that it was for a different audience. It was, it was actually kind of funny and enjoyable when you just 
yeah, just don't think that it's persuasion. It's like, it's a... And then yeah. for me, when I started editing it and I could mute those monologues, I was like, Did oh, it get better? I like this a lot more. It got better. <laughs> well, you are, you, are, you are a huge fan of cinematography. And so I think that's what kind of wins you over. So if there's, yeah. sil- if there's just silence in music, I could imagine you being like, this is quite nice. <laughs> yeah, but that's what I see. See if I watch something like that's the thing about editing and editors. Yeah. Like you can make it as long as you've got the source material, you can do whatever you want. Find a song that you want and you can make things things yeah as you want it so like my edit that I did I wanted it to be a lot more about the longing and the waiting yeah. than the sort of comedic aspect that this like adaptation was and that's what made me go oh I like this a lot better now like exactly. there was these essences <laughs> in there it's just but it that just, the comedy it was overshadowed, it was overshadowed yeah, exactly. by, the, by the comedy yeah yeah no that's a so, perfect point I think and I'm, I'm going to put it better I'm going to put her edit in the episode notes so you guys can take a watch and see how fantastic she is. And also maybe it'll make you like the movie a lot more um, <laughs> <laughs> if you watch it as well. Um, this was great to unpack. Uh, I think I, I think I needed to get it out of my system, especially that oh, rant earlier. I feel, I feel a lot better about the rant, but I also talking to you gave me a different perspective. Um, Definitely. You, you, you have a lot more, um, sort of calmer approach than the turmoil that I was in but I'm kind of on like that Friday. With, I'm kind of like that with everything. Like my friend, um, what does she call me? She calls me tolerant. <laughs> and it always, sounds yeah. like an, it always sounds like an insult. I'm like, that sounds like an insult. Um, it's actually Willa. Willa Marsden. I'm putting her out there. She's going to be like, why are you <laughs> Oh, it's Willa. You said that. It's Willa. <laughs> Willa literally, we're in, a, we're in a group chat and I'll... I'll send things yeah. because, you know, people will, people will at me and mention me and sometimes be, I would like to think unintentionally spicy. Like, you know, sometimes like, if you're passionate, <laughs> if you're passionate about something, you might have bite in your tone. And I just kind of, I will literally just respond back and be like, okay, I could respect your opinion. And she'll be like, yeah. you are so tolerant. And so I think I'm like that with everything. I think I'm like that with like source material. And I think about like with content. Because at the end of the day, See, I thought I was too. Yeah, I thought I was too until this. Like, I generally this is your like, this is your breaking point. <laughs> yeah, because see, like Bridgerton, see Bridgerton, like oh, we made I, it. I we made it, it so knowing. long. We made it so without long without it, talking. I know about every 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 episode somebody brings up Bridgerton. <laughs> we can't help it. We can't help it. I know, but honestly, like I was okay. I knew when we went into this that they were going to do tweaks and stuff, mm-hmm. and like for instance, I. I love Penelope and Colin, but this series has kind of made Penelope and Colin just <laughs> not <laughs> the same as the books. But yeah. I'm not as bothered. Like, I'm not a purist. And that's the thing. Like, I did history as my degree and a master's in history. Like, I know that you're just not going to get historically accurate depictions of things. You can get really, really good, really, really close historically accurate but rarely is it going to meet up to that level. So see this, I know there's going to be people really pissed off that she's got her hair down, that she's not wearing a bonnet, that some of the outfits are definitely not in the silhouette of those times. That I'm not too bothered about. I'm aware of it, but I'm not too bothered about it. But yeah, I didn't realize that my tolerance level just obviously sits very different when it comes to persuasion. (laughs) No, and that's, and that's, you know, going back to when I talked to the Lit Wallflowers podcast, I I come in book fandoms all the time because I'm like, you guys need to lower your expectations. But also as someone who is obsessed with persuasion, obsessed with Jane Austen, I get 
that feeling of wanting to see the source material valued and appreciated. And so when you watch something and it doesn't do that, then you do take it personally because you're like, what, like, you know, Jane Austen's rolling in her grave. How could you do this to her? But who is to say that she wouldn't have thought this was absolutely hilarious, you know? You know, I think, I think we tend to put so much weight on classics that we don't allow them to have the flexibility um, because at the end of the day, we do have two pretty good adaptations and I'm pretty sure we will get another one. And so it's not the end of the world if we have one that's not true to the book. So yeah, and I think and that's I'm always I'm, after adaptations. Yeah. Like I'm exactly. always like, and, I want another know, one. Another thing that um, I was talking about with Lit Wallflowers is she said that if we continue to gripe and groan about the quality of them, we won't get them. And I'm just... At the end of the day, I'm just super happy that even if it was this, that we're getting this, that someone out there is like, Regency is dead. No one wants to watch this type of content. There's not an audience for it. And so it's not perfect by any means. (laughs) But, you know, if we if we decide that this is not worth even trying and that, you know, they're going to get killed at the stake for even touching this material then we will never get adaptations. And I know for but some people, I think people, sometimes that's... the negative to act, see the negative reviews. I noticed it is number one on Netflix right now, where I am anyway. Exactly. In the UK. Exactly. And so, so, despite the negativity, I think everybody is going to watch it because they because want to of the negativity. See, yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did hear that this director is going to touch Pride and Prejudice, and oh, I yeah. think you may. I think I may not be tolerant for that one. <laughs> because that That's is what you're like, pers- no. don't get me wrong persuade persuasion is really up there for me like i love persuasion so much but how people portray darcy is probably and i think you've probably heard me talk about this about how rom-coms try to do the darcy elizabeth dynamic and they end up making the male character into a complete asshole because they think yeah. that's what darcy was and so I he's do. not he's just he's just a wee socially awkward boy he like. literally is so <laughs> honestly like i i'm not even saying this in a funny way i think a modern adaptation with darcy on the spectrum would be yes. so like because i i really do think he is written as a character who has Definitely. a personality disorder like i think he yeah. just has social anxiety yeah because um, he can't read the room sometimes no he <laughs> truly can't and i don't think it's i don't think he's being because i remember when i first watched it i was like oh this guy's this guy's a dick and i think when you go back and rewatch and you look at his mannerisms and you look how he responds to someone he's comfortable with i just think he's just not comfortable in a room full of people fawning all over him because he has money and it, it puts it in a different light and so I will say, yeah, I think I would probably be less tolerant if they butcher Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> because I I feel like that one is, I feel like you could do a lot with comedy. Like her her family is ridiculous. Um, in the, the 2005 version with Kira Knightley, they made her family even more ridiculous than they are. Um, and even in the BBC series, you know, you just laugh at her mother for drinking and and talking about how all all her daughters are going to get rich husbands and so i think that one has a good foundation to have a comedic tone with but i am afraid that they are going to mess up darcy i'm really afraid that they're going to turn yeah, him because i think to something like elizabeth not. elizabeth meets like the modern heroine because she is vocal and she exactly. is sassy and she's got that her break her breaking her. the her breaking the fourth wall would make a lot more sense than it would for Anne too i i, I think 
Um, yeah, yeah, because, definitely. Because uh, Elizabeth wouldn't really need to break the fourth wall because we pretty much know everything she's thinking and feeling because she says it. Um, but I do think people probably would have responded better to see such a strong depiction of her because she has those values, unlike Anne, who's just like a peep mouse at times. Um, I promise I'm not butchering Anne, but... <laughs> She's not my no. favorite. She's not my favorite Jane Austen heroine. Heroine, um, but I, yeah, I do love her. But um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm, a, I'm a little nervous, and I think somebody actually tweeted me in a tweet about that, about them deciding to go through the rest of the Jane Austen canon. I think specifically for Netflix, and so brace yourself. Now you have the right to be upset, but also I do not want to see dissertations every time a movie comes out because at this point in time, it's kind of like Bridgerton. Just don't watch it. If you're going to be upset, yeah. just don't watch it. <laughs> yeah. Please. Like, just, don't, why would you stress yourself? Just don't watch it. Like, yeah, pretend it doesn't exist. <laughs> just don't. Like, now now that we've all been through this, when they come out with Pride and Prejudice, which they probably will sometime next year, please just mute the words and go about your life. Like, <laughs> just don't, don't do that to yourself. Um, on that note... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to thank you again so much for for coming to talk you so much talk all things persuasion um oh we didn't even rank i mean it's not really worth ranking though because i know you're not going to pick this as your as your top (laughs) one i think we both agree after everything that i said i know it's such a surprise (laughs) i think we both i think we both had said multiple times that 2007 is our favorite one yeah yeah like there's aspects of 1995 that i like like i think the costumes like the weathered look of them like i really like that but Mm -hmm. for me i don't know it's just 2007 i just really liked it that's the funny thing about it is that this kind of goes back to the conversation of boomers and our generation being like disagreeing on what music is or like what today's music should sound like and so that's another thing of why I'm not that upset because again, it kind of just goes back to, I have my, I have my adaptation. I have the one yeah. that I love. And so if, if someone over the next co- course of the couple years are going to reach their early twenties and they're like, you know what? I actually really like the 2022 version. I'm not going to be like, how dare you? Um, <laughs> the trash. <laughs> right. Like I'm not going to go all boomer on them because when people do that, people do that about the, the 2000, Five version of Pride and Prejudice versus the BBC series. I've seen that that argument a million times of people going back and forth and being like, oh, they changed Pride because they did change the story, the timeline of Pride and Prejudice. There's a little, there's a, because of the movie, they weren't able to go into detail like the BBC series does. And so I even see people go back and forth on Colin Firth versus Matthew McFadden and the depiction of Mr. Darcy. And it's like, at the end of the day, everyone's not going to be pleased and you're going to have your favorite version. And it doesn't affect me if your favorite version is different from mine, you know? So, yeah, yeah. Know. And there's like certain things about the film that I loved as well. But yeah, I'm the same that everybody's got really, really strong opinions on their favorite exactly. Austens. But then I was thinking the other day, like North and South, like I said, is one of my favorite things. I'm sure that I would in the pit of my stomach if somebody said, oh, they're doing a new adaptation of North and South. I probably would be like, oh, this is going to be different because i'm so in used love to, with like richard exa- as so like Thornton and, yeah oh but he was so, so oh he was so good and so yeah. that again that's the thing is it like do we let this do we let the source material essentially die which it will yeah. never do like they will always be people that that want to read jane austen and want to read the classics but again as we go into these newer generations of people who have short attention spans that are on tiktok that don't want to read 
you know, full page novels, they have to, they have to get this material in some way. And so if if someone saw this and was like, you know what, I'm kind of more curious about this. And then they actually go look up what it was supposed to be. That's still a win for me. You know, so I yeah, think that's yeah. I think that's kind of how I understand I'm that. At it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I love Shakespeare and love, but I can see people like today if they were to go back to Shakespeare and love now, they'll be like, "Why are they speaking like that?" <laughs> like, <laughs> why Shakespeare are they and like love that? is really, and that's that's another thing is uh, again of just talking about how I love Bridgerton so much because I am seeing people who would never once remotely access regency era content yeah. doing it the same way with him and i'm not i'm not crazy about hamilton i don't necessarily agree with hamilton and how you know it, it kind of i mean made slave owners seem like really nice people um <laughs> but again i do appreciate the sentiment of making something digestible and someone yeah. who may not be a huge history major like you are may have gone and watched hamilton and been like oh wow this is cool maybe I should go and research more about the source material and, and find out what was true and what wasn't true. And so yeah. if, if we close these gateways, if we close these doors of allowing people to access content that they would not usually access, what does that say about us as, as a community? And yeah, a, and a I'm family? 100% in agreement about that. I want to make it inclusive as much as possible. And then people can then go, oh, wow, Persuasion 2007. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and just be like, why is she breathing so heavily? If you haven't seen- <laughs> why is her mouth open so much? <laughs> oh my God. I will say one more thing before we go. When she started running at the end, I was like, oh no, we have another, we have another <laughs> marathon runner at the two, in the 2000 version. This bitch runs like six blocks to catch up with Frederick. And I know some people hated it. And I don't, I loved it. I think it's, I thought it was dramatic. I thought it I built. love a good I run sequence. It, like, I know some DZ, pe- when there's exactly. a run sequence, I'm like, yes. <laughs> I know some people who hated it. I know some, I know that's why that, that adaptation gets picked on a lot because they're like, she just, she's a mouth breather. And so for <laughs> most of the movie, she just breathes out of her mouth. And for me, I loved it because it built the angst for me, but I know other people didn't resonate with it. And that's yeah. okay. That's okay. And I think that's what I'm trying to get to is that, you're gonna love what you love and other people are gonna love what they love and i think that's okay i think we can all still still enjoy similar things without them necessarily having to be for for all of us yeah and if anybody's listening to this please do comment if you really enjoyed this and let us get your perspective because it might even open our eyes to things like i really want i want i want to meet one person who who enjoyed this and i mean I did too, but I mean, like, in a truly, like, I, I just thought it was funny way. I even had a girl who, um, I think she's going to listen to the podcast. I'm so sorry. I'm so bad at names. But she had messaged me and was like, I haven't read the novel. I haven't seen past adaptations. Should I watch it? And I was like, honestly, yes. Because I'm really curious to see if just off of what it is alone, if she enjoys it. And again, I understand that people are going to be like, well, she's not going to, you know, she's not going to watch the true persuasion. And I'm like, of course she's not. But if this makes her curious enough to go back and watch the other past adaptations, then she'll have the agency to compare and ask herself what version she enjoys better. Yeah. So, yeah. 
So um, please do. Anybody listening to this who loves it, let us know on Twitter and don't worry, yeah. we won't jump down your throat. It's no, like I want we, we wanna hear so that we, we can then like it. be we like, have, Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Exactly. We wanna have dialogue, we wanna have conversation. I'm not gonna yell at you like a boomer and tell you you're dumb for enjoying this because you're not. So yeah, with that <laughs> another rant. I keep we keep having rants here, Kat. <laughs> um with that <laughs> with that in mind, again, this was just Oh, this was great. If they do come out with a PMP version, at least we know that we have another podcast <laughs> <Our> next round. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> because I definitely will have you back on if that's even for oh, like a definitely. year from now. Yeah, I'll be even back. Even if I if I go in retirement, I will come out of retirement so we can discuss that. You'll have that a lot movie. of thoughts, no doubt. That oh, <laughs> oh my god, I like I said that episode. I I may come off as a complete hypocrite because I've been so tolerant this episode, and then if that happens, I'm like, this is disgraceful. How how dare they <laughs> i'm just like yelling and my listeners will be like Rebecca, i thought you said i'm like shut the fuck well, up well it takes back the tolerant comment i know i know she's like she is not tolerant um no this was this was absolutely great and i yeah, definitely want to have you on to to talk about other stuff um yeah i please i've also i've gone back and forth i think i talked to you about this because you were like maybe we should do a passion flicks but i know that there is a community for that like i know that passion flicks i think has their own podcast i think there are very specific specific passion flicks like episodes and stuff like that and so i i do want to try to keep this as accessible as possible because you do need a subscription for passion flicks um and may not everyone may not have it but if i do get enough people and i, I think we both have uh, good followings who are interested in that type if I do think that there's an audience for it I would be open to doing a passion flicks episode yeah, so de- um, definitely Gabriel's Inferno I think yeah. everybody's heard about it if they've not watched it so exactly so yeah if you are in the Gabriel's Inferno fandom um and you think that it warrants an episode because they are coming out with a is it the very Next last one, one? or think- no actually we have a lot more to go there's like six 17 books I'm being dramatic it's not that much <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> But yeah, I think they're still on like the second or third part <laughs> of the second book or something. <laughs> I don't really need to. I don't think they need to split them up this much. But I get it. Yeah. Get, your, get your coin. Get your money. Do what you got to do. <laughs> but yeah, if if we get enough of of asks, if I get enough people who are like, you know, I would love a podcast episode, then I'll I will do a, a special one, um, and maybe have you and Chris and and Hani on, and that'll be that'll oh, be that would fun. be amazing. Yeah, that'd yeah. be so fun. So yeah, um, let let it let us know. Um, again, I am trash yes i am trash t-r-a-s-h <laughs> underscore r-o-m underscore lover on twitter please feel free to mention and dm me um your suggestions for future uh podcast episodes um and thanks for listening and again thanks so much to kat for being here this was this was so fun and it was so necessary and and needed and i'm gonna go watch the 2007 version right now to kind of purge my soul but yeah i <laughs> I appreciate you so much and I do hope that you come back and I hope you have a a great day. Trust me, I'll be right there with you coming back to the next episode of what you do. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye.